God, you are the God of peace. And maybe there's somebody listening today that really doesn't understand that. They've not been able to, to see and know and to trust that you really are the one who, who brings us peace. I pray that, that what we see today about you, what we understand about you today, would help us understand even ourselves better and what you're here to do for us. And I pray that we would experience peace that could only come from you. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, we started this series a couple weeks ago called Juicy Fruit. And as we're looking at this, we're looking at something from, it's not going to be on the screen, but from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And, and what it tells us is it tells us that, that there's this fruit of the Spirit and that the Holy Spirit produces fruit in the lives of every believer. And so we're just looking at these different fruits because it's how we get to have the juiciest life that there is. And so we've looked at a couple already. We've looked at love and, and what is love and what does that mean and how is it that we're supposed to let the, the, the Spirit of God have, have produced this love in us for others. And, and so what we looked at and what we said is we said this. He said, we need to love people and use things. That, that let's not get it backwards. Let's not love things and use people but let's love people and use things. That we know that we're getting this love right when we are loving people and we are using things. Last week we looked at joy. What does this mean for us to have joy and how do we get that? How do we, how do we keep that? And so one of the things I shared with you is I shared with you that joy, that it is sustained through gratitude, that when we are grateful people, it's deepened, through generosity, when, when we are giving of ourselves to God and to others. But it is discovered through the gospel. It's discovered through this gospel message of, of who is Jesus. And the gospel means good news. And so it really builds that way. That, that really, as we, as we were to look at this, it would be, hey, we discover, joy is discovered through the gospel. And once we discover it, then it's deepened through the way that we give, the way that we give of ourselves and is sustained with our gratitude. And today what we're going to look at is we're going to look at peace. You know, we seem to live in the age of anxiety that, that I think as historians are going to take and they're going to look back at this time, I think that's one of the ways that they're going to label this time period that we are in. Is this going to be labeled the, the age of anxiety, where, where anxiety just seemed to be so high across, not just here in America, but across the globe, that we do, we, we have this. And, and when I think about major decisions, I, I think that major decisions, they do a few things. Major decisions, they end up, they keep us up at night. The, the major decisions, they, they take our, our blood pressure and they cause our blood pressure to rise. The major decisions, it seems like those are the things that just, it just heaps stress onto our lives. It's hard to, to maintain some peace through some of the major decisions that we're wrestling with and trying to make. About five months ago, Cheryl and I had a major decision to make that we had been asked if, if we would foster. We weren't somebody that said, hey, we want to go get licensed. We just want to do this. We, we were asked, would you be willing to foster. And as we were asked this, and, and there was not much time for us to make a decision, that as Cheryl was processing this, I could just see it, that she's thinking, this is going to be a great opportunity for us to love. It's going to be a great opportunity for us to, to care. And, and, and this little girl, her name's Kylie, and, and she was nine months old at the time. And, and so, so she's just looking and going, hey, this girl's worth us making some sacrifices for. 
So that's, that's what was going on in Cheryl's mind. And then what was going on in my mind was, I, I just looked at it and I just saw peace waving goodbye. <laughs> See you later. I, I might be back, I'm not sure. I, I did, I, I just saw this, this peace just kind of going, I mean, we, we were, again, we, we, it seems like we keep getting interrupted with our empty nest, you know, we're, we're just keep trying to figure out what that looks like and feels like, and every time we, we feel like we're figuring it out, it's like, okay, no, I'm just kidding, you're not an empty nester at all. And, and so we did, we, we ended up getting Kyle, we've had her now for five months, and, and if you guys stick around long enough when you're leaving, you'll probably see one of us uh, holding her and carrying her, so she just now is starting to walk, she can go about six feet before she uh, collapses, and so, so she's 14 months now. Now, and, and we are, we're, we're enjoying having our time with Kylie because we're fostering. I can't show you a photo of her, but, but, but just know that, that we are, we, we are just enjoying this time. But it has not been without sacrifice. That, that we have, we've had to make some sacrifices. And here's the thing about sacrifice, and you probably have already figured this out, that, that a sacrifice is giving up something that you love for something you love even more. That's a sacrifice. And, and so for me, when I look at this and go, hey, I love my free time. I, I, I love my downtime. I, I do. But I'm willing to sacrifice that for something I love even more, and that is a person. And that that's, that's what I do. And, and, and when we come every week, we, we love taking her to the clubhouse because it's just a few more hours of peace. <laughs> <laughs> that, that we get to have again. But you know, that's not the only reason why. We love taking her to our clubhouse, our little pre-K environment here. We love taking her there because Pam has done such an incredible job with her volunteers of letting that be such an incredibly loving environment. And, 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 and some of these volunteers she inherited, she started with. Some of these volunteers she, she's added. But you know, there's a, there's a set of volunteers in there, and they're in this service right now, and, and that's John and Amy Bannister, you know. And, you know, before you do that, I want you guys, they've been volunteering in the clubhouse for over 15 years. 15 years. Of, of, of sticking with one ministry and just, just loving on those kids. And it's interesting when, when we get some first-time families and they've got those little infants and, and, and they're taking them back there and then they take them to the baby room, you know, and, and then they see John and Amy, especially if they're at the first service and, and they've got their little kid and then John comes walking up and he's got tats all over. He's a big guy, you know, and he's like, and they're like, uh, do, do I get, but you know, as soon as they, I mean, he's the baby whisperer, man. He, he just loves loving on these kids. And it just does such an incredible job, him and Amy both, of just, just giving their heart and their life to, to loving on kids. And, and, and it allows me, even as the pastor here, to just have so much peace and just seeing and knowing what happens in our different ministries. You know, and I, I just believe that, that, that our kids are better off if we leave them in age-appropriate learning environments and that that's where they're going to discover more about Jesus and grow more. And so we're just so grateful for who we have and what we do when it comes to all these different areas of ministry. You know, peace, it's a powerful thing. It really is. That it offers us a whole lot of better. It, it, it offers us better health. It offers us better happiness. You know, we've talked about happiness last week. Happiness can, can come and go. But peace is something that certainly offers that. It, it offers us better rest. 
that, that we, we, we feel more restful when we are in peace and feeling peace? Do we have better relationships when, when we have peace in our relationships? That, that, that peace offers us a lot. It's why, it's why we need it. It's why we crave it. And without peace, that we can be easily irritated. That without peace, that we can be easily frustrated. Without peace, we, we can get to the point where we get mad at the world. We even get to the place without peace that we'll get mad at God. The, the peace, it's something that's so important for us. In fact, probably every adult in here has either said or thought on multiple, multiple occasions, I just want a little peace. That, that we do, we, we, we'll say that out loud, we'll, we'll, we'll mumber it, we'll murmur it, we'll, we'll, we'll say it very clearly, we'll, we'll think it very clearly. And we do, we get to this place where we go, I just want a little peace, that we feel that we need peace during a hectic day. That we feel this need for peace because it seems like just too many people are pulling us in too many different directions and we just don't know how to manage and how to keep up with all of the demands that are coming our way, that we keep getting interrupted and we've been interrupted for the umpteenth time and so we come up with this thought or we say it out loud, all I want is a little peace. I mean, we even throw that measurement in, just a little and I think that what most of us mean by this is we think, I, I just want some, some peace and quiet. That I just want to be able to feel, I, I, I want the, the absence of noise. I want the absence of chaos. I just want a little peace. I, I want to experience some freedom from conflict. Can I just go for a little bit without having a conflict? Can I experience tranquility? For just a moment, all I want is a little peace. And while we think about this, they're all worthy aspirations. But those aspirations that we have, they're just not going to last. Listen, peace, it isn't a place that we retreat to. Peace is a person. Peace is a person. I, I want to share something with you. We're going to look at it together in, in Isaiah chapter 9, but, but as we look at this, I want you to know that this was written 700 years before Christ came. And this prophet Isaiah, he, he wrote this and he was foretelling, he was prophesying about what would happen in the future. And God's just revealing this to him, and so he's, he's revealing it to people. There's this prophet that's leading Israel spiritually. So in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, he writes about what is to come. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That that would be what, what he would be called, that the birth of the Messiah, the Christ, the coming one, the anointed one, the, the one who is foretold, the one who is expected. That he would be known to us, 
that he was revealed to us as the Prince of Peace. And I find it ironic that this Isaiah, who who knew this and who God had revealed and he was able to share this with us, that God had also revealed to him how he would be providing that peace, how he would offer that peace to us. And listen to what Isaiah knew because of what God revealed to him. Again, 700 years before Christ came. And then he lived his 30-ish years on earth before he gave his life. It's found in Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. That he took our punishment, our punishment on him, and that's what brought us peace, and it's by his wounds we are healed. That Jesus, he is the prince of peace. And the punishment that Jesus took for us was to offer us peace. And for every believer who bows the knee of your heart by putting your faith, your hope, your trust in Jesus as your Savior, that you get the Holy Spirit inside of you. And the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our life. And one of the things the Spirit of God produces in every believer is peace, that he produces this peace in our life. And if that is true, then why do we lack peace? That, that, that if that's really true, that, that the Spirit lives in believers, then why is it that a believer, why is it a believer will lack peace at times? Because I think that's a very valid question. But I think the reason that we end up lacking peace is because we have some opponents to our peace. Do we have some challengers to our peace? We, we have these things that are going to come along and they're going to push back against any peace that the Spirit of God is producing in our life. I want to share with you three opponents to peace. One is uncontrollable circumstances. That these, these are certain, they're, they're beyond our control. We, we can't control them. They're, they're things that they seem to happen to us, that they happen at us. They happen around us, but we have no say and we have no control. I think another one is unchangeable people. Anybody have an unchangeable person in your life? Taking away some peace? Some of you guys are like going, I can't raise my hand because they're right next to me, you know? But we do, we, we, we do, we, we, we know some unchangeable people and we think, if, if you would just be willing to change this about you, it, it, it would make our relationship better. And, and it's like, that one's off the table. We're not, we're not changing that one. But we do, we, we've got some unchangeable people and, and unchangeable people, it does, it seems to take away some of our peace that we have these unexplainable problems. It, it's a pro- we don't know why it's a problem. Why, why is it remaining a problem? We don't, we don't know. It's not, we can't explain it. It shouldn't even be a problem. But it is a problem. And it takes away our peace if we let it. Because these are challengers. They, they want to come in and they want to be this opponent 
to our peace. And Satan wants to use them in any way he can to steal, to rob, to destroy the peace that is offered to every believer. So I think there's a question that we all have. And I, and I think that question that we all have is, how do I experience peace? How do I, how, how do I experience peace? And, and it seems like it's a really good question. But I think that's a question that is very difficult to answer. But I think if we could change this question, I, I think we could actually answer it. And I don't think it's very difficult if we would truly try to get to the end of where we're experiencing peace. There's just a better way to ask the question. And the question isn't, how do I experience peace? The question that's the better question is, how do I experience God's peace? That that question, by asking it that way, it gives us a focus it allows us to know where, where do we focus? Where is it that we put our focus when we are wanting to find peace? Because we all want to find peace. We all want to be experiencing peace. And God's peace, it's, it's not something we earn. The God's peace, it, it, it's not something that we bargain with him on. It's not something that, that is up for negotiation. And God's peace, it, it's not even part of a random drawing. That God's not like going, um, hey, angel, come, come over here. Pick somebody from that region. Just, just point them out to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless them with some peace. It, it, it doesn't work like that. That, that. that what does keep us from experiencing God's peace is, is when we are disobedient to him. That he's going to, I've got peace, but I'm, I'm waiting. Are, are you going to get on your better behavior? I, I love you. I've still got a relationship with you. But no, I'm not going to bless you with peace while, while you're being the way you're being right now. And so we, we do get that. We do experience that. And so we need to know that about God. And God, the, the, if, if we could get this to, to where we would understand this about peace, because it's something we really can't earn, because it's something that's not just part of a random drawing, it is something we can, you know, we can forfeit. We can choose to do that by what we're doing to blatantly disregard God. But you need to understand this, that God's, God's peace It's a gift. God's peace is a gift. And, and, and the gift of God's peace is his presence. That, that God gives us peace through giving us the presence of Christ. And that, that he is present in the life of every believer. And maybe you're here and you're going, I, but that's not me. I'm, I'm not a believer. I, but I want, I want the gift of peace. Then the way you get that is by having a relationship with the giver of peace. You know, we, we've all received gifts. We've all given gifts. And let me tell you that there is one common thread to giving and receiving gifts. And the common thread is this. It's relationship. There is a relation, there's an established relationship where there is a gift given. There's this established relationship where you're on the receiving end of a gift. 
And then God does. He wants to have a relationship with all of us. And when there is a relationship, what God does is he gives us the gift of peace. And that gift is his presence. I want you to look with me in John chapter 16, verses 32 and 33. And so this is just hours before Jesus would be taken away, put on trial, and then he would be crucified. And this is what he says, starting in verse 32. A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered. He's talking to his disciples. When, when, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone. For my Father is with me. God the Father, his heavenly Father is with him. Verse 33, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, now if you're following along in your own Bible, you're going, hey, wait, Will, you, you, you skipped a sentence, you, you, you left something out. And I did, because I really want to make it stand out to you when I bring it in. So let's look at this verse 33 with looking at all of what Jesus said. He said, I have told you these things. You're, you're going to be scattered. You're, you're going to leave me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. That, that yes, even though these things are going to happen, in me you're going to have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That the peace that Jesus gives, this is so important that you get this, so important that you catch this, that the peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of conflict. See, if, if you're thinking that, that, that peace means, hey, there's got to be the absence of conflict, then you don't understand the peace that God gives. Because the peace that God gives, that Jesus gives us, is his presence in the conflict. That, that we get his presence in the conflict. And that that is how we begin to get and to experience his peace. And this world, it cannot offer us lasting peace. And if we've not learned that lesson through COVID, then we are certainly learning it right now with what's happening in Afghanistan. This world cannot offer us sustainable, lasting peace. It's not capable of it. It cannot do it. But the creator of the world is the only one who can offer us and give us and fulfill this offer of lasting peace. And he offers us Eternal peace. Peace that would never end. Eternal peace. That because of a relationship that we would have with God through Christ, that those people that have that relationship get an eternity full of peace. But even in this lifetime, that God's peace, it, it brings healing in our heart. Now, there's going to be times that, that we're going to end up grieving, that, that, that we're going to be hurting. The, the loss that we feel, the loss that we experience, it, it, it's going to be gut-wrenching. It's going to be difficult. 
And it's during this heavy time of grieving that we're not gonna feel any peace in that moment. But, but for every believer out there, what God is going to do is God is going to start bringing you peace. And what I think is a mistake is when we say, uh, no, I don't want that right now because I'm grieving. I, I, I need to keep grieving. Don't, don't give me, don't, don't offer me that. We have to allow God to offer his peace and receive this gift. It's a gift that he offers. But we have to choose to be on the receiving end to take that gift and to receive it. And when we do, that God will, he, his peace will bring healing to our hurts. It'll bring hope to our heartaches. It really will. That God's peace, it will bring confidence to our circumstances that are difficult. That's what God's peace does. It's what it brings. Look with me in Romans chapter 8. We'll start in verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Just whatever's temporary, whatever's going to make me feel good. If it feels good, let's do it. That, that, that's what our flesh, that, that's the mantra of our flesh. It's where we find ourselves being tempted to be greedy, being tempted to, to give in to lust. It, it's because, hey, if it feels good, do it. That's what the flesh desires and what it craves. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. What does the Spirit of God desire? That, that we would honor God. That we would care for people. We would put others first. That, that we would be generous. That we would live lives being pure pure of heart. That, that's what the Spirit desires. Verse 6, it says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. That, that, that if we'll let the Spirit govern, lead, rule our lives, going, hey, let's submit to what the Spirit's wanting for us, it offers us life and this abundant life. It offers us peace when we're willing to follow this. Verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. And those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. That if we're just living for ourselves, we're not going to please God while we're just trying to live for ourselves. And then he says, you, however, because he's writing to believers, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. That if you have bowed the knee of your heart to Jesus as your Savior, then the Spirit of God lives in you. The world doesn't understand that following God's instruction manual, our Bible, it brings peace. To the world thinks it's taking, it, it doesn't take it, it, it's offering it. And not only does it offer it, it, it offers it in great doses. It's great peace. So I want to finish our time just quickly with looking at how do we maximize peace? How, how, how do we do this? That, that, that if we're a believer, how is it that we get to go about maximizing this peace that, that God offers to us with this gift, this present of his presence. 
And so the first one is just that. It's focusing on God's presence. That's where we would find our focus. We're going to focus on his presence. When, when you focus on your problems, you're not going to find peace. But when you focus on the prince of peace, you're going to find peace. A few weeks ago, I was having a conversation with somebody, and they were just at a very low point in life. They're, they were facing a lot of difficult circumstances. And as I was just talking with them, they were saying, I, I just wish my parents were around. Both of her parents have passed. And as I was just listening to her, she just said, the thing my parents always said to me whenever I would get stressed out was they would just tell me it's going to be okay. They would say that to me. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And they would ground me. This is what she would say to me. They, they, they would ground me back into my faith. They, they, they would remind me it's going to be okay because God's in control. God's got this. And I just, I just miss having them and I miss hearing that it's going to be okay. So I offered to pray with her and we, we prayed together. After we prayed, I, I gave her a hug. And I just looked at her in the eye and I just said, it's going to be okay. We've got to focus on God's presence. And when we focus on his presence, even in the difficulty that we find ourselves in in a moment, it allows us to know it's going to be okay. It's not okay right now, but it's going to be okay. I'll share this scripture with you in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord will be with all of you. See, peace can be experienced in any and all circumstances when you walk through life in the Spirit focusing on what the Spirit wants to do. So as we want to maximize peace, that we focus on God's presence, the next one is that we follow, that we have to be following God's proclamations. We're, we're, we're going to focus and focusing on His presence, and then we're going to be following His proclamation. What is it that God has proclaimed? What is it that God has said? Hey, this is the best way to live life, that we would follow that. And that, that as we do, that that we would understand what Jesus has already said. That, that one of the things we looked at a couple weeks ago was Jesus said, I'm going to give you a new commandment. The new commandment is love one another as I have loved you. Another thing that, that he ended up saying is he said this in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's everything of who you are. There, there's nothing left. There's nothing left on the table. That's it. That's, that's everything. All your mind, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. That's, that's all you've got. And that you would love God with all that you've got. He said, and the second is this, because he was being asked, what's the greatest commandment? And so he answered, love the Lord your God. He said, the second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So we're going to maximize peace. Then we've got to be focusing on God's presence. That we have to be people that were following God's proclamation. And the third thing is that we have to find 
God's purpose. It's when we're finding God's purpose is how we're going to maximize this peace. And there is that universal purpose that we're created to love God and love people. That's for all of us. But then there's that specific purpose. What, what is the purpose for which God has created you? And for you to live that out. In Proverbs, this book of wisdom, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, we get this wise instruction. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to Him. And He will make your paths straight. You're not going to have to bounce around and move it. Here, He's going to make our path straight to, to finding our purpose and living out our purpose. But when you have no God, you have no peace. When you have no God, you have no peace because peace is in a person, and the present is His presence. Jeremiah was a prophet in our Old Testament. And as a prophet, that he would be a, a voice piece for God, that God would reveal things to him, and he would share these things with the people of God, the Israelites, the Hebrew people. But yet they were hearing some things that they really did not like hearing. That they had continued to remain in disobedience, and, and God was going to give them punishment if they were going to stay in that. And so Jeremiah, he was... He was like a doctor delivering some bad news. And so what they wanted was they wanted a second opinion. And so they went and got a second opinion from these other false prophets and the priests who really weren't following God. And what they said was, oh, peace, peace. It, it's just, oh, God, God is bringing his peace. In fact, let's, let's look at it in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14. Jeremiah's writing about what they're doing. He says, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. They're not willing to turn back to God to be able to experience the peace that he so readily wants to give them. That what they needed was this radical surgery to have a change. And what the false prophets and the priests were telling them is, hey, here, here's a Band-Aid and uh, peace, peace, uh, peace is coming. And they began to believe the message of these false prophets, believing this message that God was quite happy with his people and he just wanted to bless them. And while it's true that he wanted to bless them, he was not happy with how they were living. And while they're saying peace, peace, Jeremiah's letting them know there is no peace. And what ends up happening is that their promised peace would not come. And in the end, Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians. And they saw that there was no peace. So they weren't really knowing God. So there was no peace. But yet, when you know God, you will know peace. That, that when you know God, you're going to know peace and, and that we have to take hold of God's peace. And God's peace is his presence. That is the present. 
But you know, a gift doesn't do a whole lot of good if we never take the time to open it. That, that we've got we've to be willing to say, oh, thank you, and receive that gift. And, and we've got to be willing to tear into it, get past the wrapping to be able to really enjoy this gift that is given to us. And for God, He loves us so much in this relationship that He has that He gives us the gift of peace. That God's presence, it brings peace. That peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. That it's the peace that He gives in the midst of our problems. It's not the absence of them, but it's the peace in them. And let's just look at this verse, John 14, 27. It's the last thing we'll look at. And let's look at this in its entirety. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Jesus never promised to take away our problems. He's just promised to be present in them. And since he is the Prince of Peace, peace comes with him when he comes to us in our problems. Would you bow your heads with me? I wonder if there's anybody listening. That as you're listening, you're going, I... I don't have that peace. That, that peace is not something I possess. And as you've heard about this peace and how this peace is being offered, that, that you're thinking, that, that's the very peace I need. That, that's peace I want. I want the ability to be able to maximize peace in my life. But if you don't know God, then you won't know peace. But God wants to be known by you. God wants to have a relationship with you and the relationship is the only way that the gift comes. So I'm going to ask, is there anybody here that would say, I, I don't have that relationship, but I need it. I want it. I want that relationship that Jesus offers. And if that's you, would you just make eye contact with me and, and show me your hand and say, that, that's me, Will. I, I need that peace. Is there anybody that would say, I need that peace. I see you. Is there anybody else that goes, I, I don't have that peace? And that peace that's being offered, that is the very peace I need. Is there anyone else today that wants to receive? I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? I see you. Well, I want to lead you in a time of prayer. And if this is you and you want this peace that God is offering to you, would you just say this to him in the silence of your heart because he's listening. Heavenly Father, I desperately need your peace. And I am so grateful that you offer it to me. That you have offered the gift of the Prince of Peace, your son Jesus. And I admit to you today that I'm a sinner, that I've got faults, I've, I've failed, and I need your grace. 
and the grace that you offer, I am receiving right now. Thank you for this present that you offer to me of your son. Jesus, I'm grateful that you came for me. And today, I give you my life and commit to live for you with the rest of it. It's in the name of the Prince of Peace that I pray. Amen.